You're listening to the Kingdom Project Podcast. These are discussions on biblical theology and interpretation. The emphasis is on context and grace. The goal is to promote biblical literacy by displacing and debunking most modern interpretations. The challenge is to engage in healthy conversation that may stretch, but sharpen iron. This is The Kingdom Project, and I'm your host, Marcus Hall. Hey everybody, welcome to another installment, another edition, another episode. Um, Hope you all are doing well. Um, It is Monday, I'm late at recording this new episode, so um, anyway, that's just how things go. Uh, (laughs) I hope everybody's doing good. Thanks thanks for listening. If you haven't already, look look this up on Facebook, the Kingdom Project Podcast, and um, you know, whatever platform, whatever podcast catcher you are using, um, subscribe, leave a review, um, rate us and with the, with the stars, you know, give me, um, I'll take three, I'll take three star rating, uh, happy with, with that. (laughs) So get that stuff out of the way and get right into what I want to talk about. Um, and well, here's the thing. I'm going to have to lay out a couple of things for you, a framework for some things I want to talk about in upcoming episodes. Um, this is something I've experienced myself, so maybe I can lay it out and tell, tell you what could be possible, possibly happening to, to you sometimes, not just because of th- the episodes that I'm are going to venture into, but um, you've probably ex- already experienced it anyway, and you just don't know what it is. Um, and the reason the reason for this is that if you want to be growing in your understanding of the Bible, um, and you in your theology, in your doctrine. If you want to be able to mature and grow, you have to, you know, we, we often will hear like, you need to be, be willing to be stretched, um, or, um, you know, taken to the, the edge or something, you know, like that, but you have to be, um, like stretch me, God, you know, stuff like that. And that's, yeah, you need to be able to to face something that you may have not believed or that you thought you believed and now it's being proven wrong because of the bible or whatever and when that when that happens it can be very challenging you can either just stop or you go into you you could be offended and when offense takes place you go on the defense all right so um just just a little background on what happened um with with me on a certain certain thing it was um uh, had to do with eschatology 
eschatology is means the modern view of eschatology would be the definition means the study of last things or the study of end times. Um, think, and I've said it before, I think, but it's a little bit of an unfortunate definition. Um, but most Americans are futurist and I was a futurist. And so that's going to give you a little bit of understanding here was that I was certainly convinced that my generation was in the last days and going to see something happen. Although I did not understand the timeline or understand much of eschatology, I was was convinced that um, it was it was just there. It was something that was there. All right. I was always I think that's something we all have in common that the rapture is there. The tribulation is there. Um, the Antichrist, the mark of the beast, all of that stuff. All right. All that stuff's there. We just don't don't quite know how to understand it. Um, the the top teachers or theologians or scholars can't seem to get it all right either. But there's all these charts and timetables and all these things. So why bother? It's just there. All we know is that it's going to happen. It's happening with my generation. We're, go- we're the ones that are going to see it, you know, and and so that that's it. So um, I, w- I was that I was that guy. And um, so um, a few few of my friends went up and uh, heard heard some guy um talk for a weekend at this other church and they came back and um there was a ton of stuff the guy talked about but um one of the things that he just hinted on was that um you know maybe maybe eschatology in in the west here you know western civilization is is not (laughs) the main view of eschatology or whatever so to make make a long story short because i'm not going into eschatology here and that may not be one of the first things that i dive into is um in future episodes but was that this guy had had said no 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 it's nowhere near it's not this generation it's not this and and the way I took it was he just threw the book of revelation out of the, out out of the picture. And you can't just, you know, you just can't be done with that. You can't just throw that out, you know? And I, I didn't know any other views. I thought that the view that I held was, that was the view. Um, it's all, you know, and future, it's all future. The book of revelation is, is, is in, (laughs) in the future, but it's soon, right? So, uh, some of you understand what I mean. Um, so I, I got offended. So in, in being offended, I went on the defense and was like, guy's crazy. He's a false teacher. All of this stuff was really concerned. Um, that, so, uh, even back then I was concerned about the, the false stuff. So I'm like, that's false that's false, false, false. This guy's crazy. And I'm like, I don't know what's, what's going on. So I, I'm, I'm in school at that time. I've, I got a, the survey books and I go grab my new Testament 
uh, survey and book and jump to the last part, to the book of Revelation, and and whoa, lo and behold, there's more than one view. <laughs> there's a futurist view. Within that is a multiple amount of different views, but there's also an idealist view, a historical view, and a preterist view. And so I'm not quite sure on which which one this guy was holding because he didn't go into it in depth. But I'm like, whoa, that's when it was just like, wait, there's more than one view. I didn't know I had other options. I, I was like, what? I'm like, so I'm looking uh, because the survey book doesn't go into all the views. It just tries to explain revelation the best that it that it can trying to take maybe not so much um unbiased on all of those views combined but it's sort of biased but just trying to explain the book the best that it could without trying to get into much of that but leaving it somewhat mysterious so i have to get online and start looking this up and I am just thrown in a complete dizzy like is that that's so cheesy a complete dizzy um I'm just thrown into this madness of this crazy whirlwind of all of these different views that I had no idea even existed within theology uh, the biggest was the preterist view, which was, um, was, you know, talk, focus focuses hot, um, mainly on the destruction of Jerusalem in seventy A.D., which I've touched upon a little bit on this on this uh, podcast, but not in depth, and um, I probably um, I plan on it, but um, this was like. A, a, a like a crisis of belief for me not in my faith and belief in God but in what I had heard all my life on that that information that was just there you know um and I had to study it out and I went in I jumped all in um at, at first I was just completely scandalized by it I was like no uh no <laughs> And left it alone for a little bit, but I had to come back to it again when when I reached that part um, in, in in school. And so, right after that that um, portion of of learning, I just started. I did jump all in, and I started looking looking at all the views and looking at all the information and and. Always, though, always going back to the Bible and seeing what it had to say in light of all this and had to figure this stuff out. And it it was hard. It was challenging and it did stretch me. And um, the the biggest part is is going like, whoa, why haven't I heard about this? Why wasn't I told there's other options. Why? Why is this stuff never talked about? And um, you know, feeling feeling like you've been lied to, even though I, I would say in, in most cases, 
those people aren't like lying. They're just telling you what they've always been told as well. And, um, and like I said, in Western, you know, Western uh, civilization, that is the main view, the futurist thing. And so it's just, it's just there, you know, it's not even really, it's, you know, dispensationalist um, or dispensation dispensationalism is probably in the background um, of of the majority of of Christianity here in America. And if it if that's not there, then um, you still have this this um, future eschatology um, to go up against that that's just there you know like the the rapture at least you know so let me talk about what what does it let me talk about two different two different things that you that i experienced and that you've probably experienced but um maybe didn't realize it and that this will help you and I want to be clear, this is in no way me trying to lay out something nice and cushy for you to, to try to um, have you believe everything that I say. It, you know what I mean? This is in no way me trying to cater to you psychologically, to believe in my interpretation of certain things that I will bring up um, later on. This is to tell you what to expect and to be able to notice it, not just with listening to this podcast, but in other things that you listen to, other podcasts, other preachers, other sermons, and what you hear at your church, or in conversations as well. You can't always just say no. Now, this may sound like I'm also talking out both sides of my my mouth here because I've had these episodes on the apostolic stuff and um, the madness of beware of the leaven and things like that. Um, It always goes back to knowing the word, knowing what scripture is and, and, you know, studying it yourself instead of just believing everything that you hear um but sometimes you hear something you're like uh no i don't know i don't think that's that's right and and so you just shut it off you shut it down now early on in this podcast series um or this podcast in general early on i i tackled the doc, the kenosis doctrine, which states that Jesus Jesus was just a man while he was on Earth, because um, they people misinterpret uh, Philippians two fourteen, and um, they're also you know say um, if Jesus just did those things because he was God, then I'm not responsible for how I live my Christian life. Then as far as signs and wonders go. Um, you know, um, but if he did it just as a man and obedience to God, then I'm, I am responsible to walking out the perfect model that he displayed. So there's tons of people today that think that, yeah, Jesus ceased to be divine and was 
just a man, which I covered, I think, thoroughly and good and said, no, (laughs) he always has been God. He uh, always has been, always will be. He's the first. He's the last. He's the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. He never ceased to be that. He never gave up his divinity. He added humanity, right, to who he was. So when I have that conversation with people who believe that he was just a man, something happens. And it's what happened to me when I started to learn that there was different views to hold in eschatology. Okay, so one of these things that can happen is called cognitive dissonance. Okay, and in in psychology cognitive dissonance describes the mental stress or discomfort that one experiences all right um by by holding two or more contradictory beliefs ideals or values at the same time or is confronted by new information that conflicts with existing beliefs ideals or values Okay, so there's a doctor in the 50s and came up with this theory and he he, his theory focuses on how humans strive for internal consistency and when inconsistency, which is dissonance, is experienced and individuals tend to become psychologically uncomfortable And then they are motivated to reduce this dissonance in a number of different ways. Because it's painful to hold two opposing beliefs at the same time. So one can either change their belief in order to make them consistent, or one can make some other superficial adjustments. All right. So, um... It went and that so you you either it let's just say you had we're gonna let's just stick with kenosis okay you believe that Jesus was just a man all right and then I'm say no he was divine he never ceased to be God he was always the deity that he is so you either will have to re, recommit to your false belief of kenosis with an increased fervor. Um, to it and often by invalidating the per- me who is telling you the uncomfortable truth saying no 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 you're wrong you're wrong you're a jerk whatever or um, you will give up on it altogether that's, that's, that's the most dramatic you'll just give up on Christianity maybe um, or, you know, so, or you could go, Hmm, maybe I need to relook into this. All right. Okay. So this doctor's theory, um, <laughs> this is really interesting. Actually, he, he, he formulated, formulated, um, I'm getting all this stuff offline though. I've looked it up. Okay. So I'm just like, <laughs> um, uh, he, he came up, formulated this, all right, this theory during a research for this book that 
came out called When Prophecy Fails. All right, so him and the people that worked on this, they examined, examined the conditions under which disconfirmation of beliefs led to increased conviction in such beliefs. All right, so the group that they they studied was uh, was this cult actually they were they were a um uh apocalyptic cult that was um led by a woman named dorothy martin and she she had uh she claimed to receive these messages from these people that she called the guardians which was this group of superior beings from another planet so it's one of these like alien cults okay and um, the message that she received came through an occult practice known as automatic writing and said that the the world was going to be destroyed on a certain date. And uh, so it didn't happen. All right. So these these uh, psychologists and they they uh, went incognito in this group and they ob- observed ob- observed them um, firsthand. Right. Uh, for months before and after the this predicted flood and many so many of them many of the group members quit their jobs they sold everything and in in preparation of this this end of the world and then when this prophesied uh doomsday came and then went um the woman claimed that the world was spared because of the force of good and light um, that the group members had spread throughout the world. So rather than abandoning uh, their discredited beliefs, these group members actually adhered to them even more, um, even strongly than before, and with an increased uh, fervor. All right. So these people experienced a, uh, a huge <laughs> cognitive dissonance when their leader was actually proven wrong they increased activity and fervor in order to compensate for the internal discomfort that took place now that that sounds familiar today with a lot of things like um rapture predictions and uh things like that that come and go um, which several have come and went this year so far, um, just within those first five months of this year, which has um, been been crazy. But um, it, it does sound a lot of <laughs> like a lot of people where really what's going on is a lot of of the pop Christianity, I would say, is their goal is to prop up shallow beliefs and bad theology with emotionalism and um, spiritual cheerleading. And um, and then, you know, something bad's predicted. It doesn't happen. Well, the Lord, you know, enough, of, uh, we prayed enough. And it, it <laughs> God spared us for that one. So it didn't happen, right? Um, so it's part, uh, you know, anyway, <laughs> I'll try not to go on a rabbit trail but that's what cognitive dissonance is um so um what do you do about that you know well then you should be diligent on examining your doctrine um 
slash theology and eliminate all that's not in line with the word of God. All right. That's going to take, that takes time and effort. Um, it could possibly make you unpopular with some people, but you should definitely do it anyway. Um, <laughs> and it means means to be in the word more. It means to study more. It means to really know what the right interpretation should be. Not just because, well, God just told me to this one verse, just take this one verse and meditate on it. That's what I've been on for two weeks. Just this one, one line text. And it's like, so just out of context, you know, it's like, that doesn't really make sense, but you know, like, no, like study it in context, see what the context is and, and really know, know your stuff. All right. So, um, <laughs> and, and just don't accept every single teaching of men, you know, um, go by what the Bible says. All right. So, <laughs> Uh, again, another, uh, you know, I don't know, another unpopular <laughs> message probably. Okay, so the other thing is confirmation bias, okay? This is the name for a, a trait that we all have, all of humanity share this, and it's when we favor information that validates our pre-existing beliefs but refuse to consider any other information that threatens those pre-existing beliefs. Um, that that when that happens, we are demonstrating confirmation bias. All right, um, because it's hard for us to change our minds on something that we've been told or thought has always been there. Um, either our whole life or for the time that we have been in something. All right. So, um, <laughs> it, it, it's take, just take it out of, of theology for, um, for a minute. You're at your job, you've worked your job for, you know, however many years and you've done this one particular task the same way. That's how you were trained to do it. And now no, we're not doing it that way anymore. We're doing it this way. And you're like, like, why don't we, you know, like, <laughs> like, um, that that's probably not the best example, but it, it's, it, it does threaten the way you do something because in your mind, it's hard to, well, the saying is you can't teach an old dog new tricks, right? Why? Because they're used to these tricks they've done their whole life to get the treats so now you're just saying no more treats unless you do it this way and it's hard to get over that block so um um this isn't really there's no difference between believers and non-believers when it comes in this regard when it comes to confirmation bias all right so like we all tend to stick with our presuppositions or our pre-existing ideals. These are things that we presuppose. All right. So, um, we, we stick to whatever our 
group says, our clique says, our camp, our tribe, whatever, especially if that is connected to us being believers, being a Christian, our spiritual development. Um, some An example would be um, some, someone who's become a Christian in a particular church will feel a strong attachment to that church and its particular beliefs. And um, especially if it's something that's being reinforced week after week. Right. Um, there are some, again, in pop, pop Christianity, uh, Sunday services are geared towards reinforcing the importance and validity of that church and its particular beliefs. Right. So, um, you have some emotional, you know, attachment to it as well. Um, like I said, so it, 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 it can become, almost impossible for anyone to objectively evaluate the things that can be taught that are being taught. Um, mo now this isn't for anyone that's listening that knows me. This is just in general, I'm not taking any stabs at anything or anybody just saying in general, um, you know, is your, you know, is your pastor, or your church, or the main person you listen to online, teaching sound doctrine that actually comes from the Bible. Most of us believe the the answer to that is yes, we are biblical, um, and that's usually as far as that conversation goes. But if you really believe that your church is biblical, um. Then, then you're not going to check your Bible to see what the Word actually says about it. And then when you're presented with biblical evidence that th would threaten <laughs> those beliefs, then you'll ignore it or try to explain it away um, because it's uncomfortable. All right, so an un like this belief that can be uh, unwavered in your church you replace church with the word denomination even and i'm not against denominations i'm just saying in general or your pastor or the person that you take in the most on podcast or youtube videos or whatever um it's all too often um a self-contained little cluster of presuppositions that are based on how much you've taken in of your experience with that right um, it's how much you've listened to it, how much, um, t they have told you how to understand God, how to understand the church, how to understand the Bible, how to understand the world, etc. Right. It's this sort of thought loop that's on constantly and it's very hard to turn off or jump out of. Um, and it, it's a it's a type of of blindness that disguises itself as clarity and certainty and so that emotional tug of of all of that will prevent you from from hearing the truth or trying to learn the truth for yourself all right um 
if you have formed essential doctrines at a certain place or with a certain group of people, then you have fond memories um, of that. You're attached to it emotionally. So you will either not be aware of or you will ignore whatever false doctrine you may have learned from there. Um, and you will often actually defend that false doctrine, regardless of what someone's trying to tell you or point out that the Bible says. So the Bible is above all of our teachings, all right? All teachings of any man, God's word is above it. And our emotional attachment um, should not um, hold us from that, okay? So, um, that's, that's, those are two things that I have experienced. And I believe that is important for all of us to, to know, to understand and to consider, you know, when, when somebody says something, um, or tries to teach something or inf enforce or establish something in your life and, um, say, you know, Hey, um, <clears throat> this instead of the, you know, what's going, you know, th this teach, you know, this, this is the way I see this teaching. This is how we're going to teach this. And it's like, mm, okay, well, because we trust the people in our, in our groups. Right. Um, I'm not saying not to, <laughs> not to, not to have no trust, you know, I'm, I'm saying, um, he here's the thing remove the false doctrine part um you know just you you may be really schooled um w really well learned in theology so you're able to spot out false teaching well that's not a problem that's easy you're not going to experience these things when when that's the case um but you may hear something like <laughs> that collides and does not, you know, like, let's just say you're, you're, I don't know, what should I use? Um, let's just use eschatology again. Okay. Um, well, no, let's not. Let's, <laughs> I, I, I'm Arminian, right? Um, so I always knew Calvinist was a thing. Um, but I, I didn't know there was Calvinist and Arminians, um, and then I'm like, oh, okay, what's Arminian then and Arminianism? And um, so um, I believe Jesus died for all people. I believe humanity has free will. That's Arminianism. Um, Calvinism says there's, you know, men's totally deprived. Um, Jesus didn't die for all people. So when you have those those conversations with people, with somebody of the opposing beliefs i know where to go and what to look look up but they also know that too and let's just say for a moment if i'm wrong uh, in believing that jesus died for all of humanity and the evidence stacks up that it was just a a limited atonement and i find that in the bible 
like I said, the, it stacks up and I'm like, well, you know, I'm, I'm going to have major cognitive, cognitive dissonance there. I'm, I'm going to be like, no, 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 no. It's going to take me a hard time or a long time, probably. And a lot of reading <laughs> and a lot of studying and a lot of prayer to change that thought, um, that, that, that doctrine or that belief. Um, so what I'm getting at is be aware of it with the false teaching, but also be aware of it with stuff that you've always believed in your whole life. And you just believed it because you've been told it, you know, that one of the first episodes I did was the good and bad theology where I like, we, we are victims of our, our parents, our grandparents, of our pastors, of our denominations. Um, we've been told certain things and we've just accepted it. Why? Because we trust and love these people. It's not necessarily their fault. I don't think it's their fault at all. That's the way they were taught. That's the way they were taught to learn when they, when pastors went to seminary, still the same deal. Um, or it's, they're upholding the standards of the manual of the denomination, right? So not everything, not everything in that regard fits exactly, you know? Um, so when I hear that audience relevance in the Bible is important and that time statements are important and that the word soon means soon <laughs> and not like 2000 years removed. Um, I, and I, I've got a problem. I'm going into a crisis. I don't know what to do. I'm either going to turn it off and defend my position because I'm offended or I'm going to look this up, study it out, and and allow the Holy Spirit to guide me and pray this through and l decide to learn this through scriptures on my own. You know what I mean? The Holy Spirit, yeah, but on my own, not what the populace around me says, not what um, the denomination or non-denomination says, or what, you know, the, the majority says, I'm going to study it out and see what the Bible says and figure it out and come to that conclusion then that I believe is biblically correct and sound regardless of what I thought it was. That's the main point that I'm trying to make is that you may think that a, a rapture is right around the corner. What if the rapture is not in the Bible? <laughs> How does that make you feel in your gut? <laughs> you know, like <gasps> what, you know, things like that. Um, do you want to listen to me? give you the reasons and exegete scripture and explain the interpretation in a first century context to you? Or are you just going to go, no, that man's crazy, not listening to it. I know the rapture is real and it's going to happen soon. That's just an example. So, um, 
those are things to I would encourage you to look up and 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 study a little bit more to um, help you under understand. So I, I looked uh, a lot of that information came from a man named Stephen Kozar and um, on his blog on confirm. Uh, confirmation bias and cognitive dissonance and um so i was just uh, you know he already had done the study i knew i knew what it was beforehand because i um after i experienced it and um and all that i had to figure out what was going on and it always seems like i'm sort of just doing this um doing this alone a lot of times um um I, it, it's, I think that's just part of it. So, um, you may be alone in, in, in trying to, um, consider what the Bible's really saying, uh, versus what you've been taught to believe. And, um, because a lot of people in your group, your tribe, your clique, whatever, um, are going to think exactly the way way you are thinking and that you you bring up something and they're going to be like you're crazy so <laughs> um or like man you're really hard-lined on that or whatever you know so um yeah be 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 prepared for that and anything that you may hear or um to, to be able to recognize it and to be able to go this is what's going on and this is why I'm uncomfortable with this. And instead of really taking anybody's word for it, once you hear their word on it, um, their teaching on it, their conversation on it, um, take that to the Bible and and um, and tease it all out with the word of God. And um, so, yeah, I would encourage you all to do that. Um, Cognitive Dissonance and Confirmation Bias. All right, there's another episode. I hope you guys enjoyed that. Learn something. Um, any questions, comments, disagreements, debates, shoot me an email at the Kingdom Project Podcast at gmail.com. And until next time, be a mustard seed, be leaven, question everything study with an open Bible.